Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Charity Cook. Charity is an associate evangelist with Global Awakening. She's a woman of character. She's a woman of anointing, and she's a woman of deep thinking. So Charity, it is an honor to have you here today. Well, it's an honor to be with you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, We actually met several years ago in Birmingham at the There Is More conference. I got to go to one of your breakout sessions. It was extremely powerful. And, you know, so just really appreciated your teachings then. And then, uh, as we were just discussing, got to go on the global trip in December to Belo Horizonte. And that was uh, just an incredible trip for me. So it's awesome to have you on here with the, the team that you're a part of. It's, it's had such a strong impact on my life. And I know so many people around the world. So I'm really excited to, to hear what you have to say and, uh, and what God does. Thank you. I, I love working with Global. Um, just like like you said, the, the impact, I hear it over and over again from people. And I know it's had that impact on my life, which is one of the reasons I wanted to to be connected and so in here. Yeah, it's um, it's cool because, you know, I've been doing the show for several years. But since that Brazil trip, I've had so many guests on that were people that I met on the team. You know, so just for us to reflect in different ways of what God did on that trip and then to hear the stories that they have from different, you know, ministry experiences all around the world. It's it's really exciting. God is moving, God is powerful and, you know, he is still good and and that has never changed. So, regardless of all the chaos that's going on in the world, you know, it's uh it's exciting to partner with him and believe what he says and do what he says to do versus what the world has to say. Amen. He is still on the throne. Yes, yes. Jesus is king, and that yep. does not change. Yeah, so how did you get involved with Global Awakening? Uh, were you just already on fire for Jesus and then found out about Global Awakening? Or, uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about your backstory leading up to where you are now. Yeah, I, well, I grew up in a Christian home, charismatic home, uh, grew up with the prophetic being just normal life. I still think of it as just normal life. And like hearing the voice of God to me, the, you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So I still don't fully think of that as prophetic, though it is, you know, we're a prophetic people. And that's the age we live in is the age of the Holy Spirit. But I just grew up, that was normal life, having dreams, hearing the Lord speak and being led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, I was in my 20s, had kind of established a life for myself, um, was going to an Assemblies of God church, really enjoying it, was in leadership. And I was at a place where everyone was kind of looking to me as one of the more mature believers. I was leading some small groups. And I ended up going, um, not really knowing what I was going to, going to the 10th anniversary of Catch the Fire in Toronto. Canada. Um, That was the first time I heard anything about renewal. First time I saw Randy Clark and it radically changed my life, Um, changed my level of expectation from the Lord. At that point, I was already believing for miracles. I knew that, you know, I had read books about people raising the dead and I had those expectations. Uh, But I stepped into an environment 
where the presence of God was manifest, and just that that holy awe of the glory of God. And uh, it, it lit something inside of me, and it gave me something that instead of just being the one that, that everyone else looked to, all of a sudden I had a hunger for something more. And so I ended up um, going on a, a missions trip with my church. I never really had a heart for missions. Like, kind of, that's good. I'm glad you do it, but I'm not interested. And going on that trip, um, flying into the country, flying into Paraguay, the, I heard the Lord say, this is what I have for you. And when I got home from that trip, uh, I think there was like nine people on my my team from my local church. And uh, when I got home, I saw uh, that Global Awakening, Randy Clark, were, was taking female interns. And that started a process of applying. Um, and I won't go through the whole story, but basically a year later, I was going into their the first year of the ministry school that they started, Global School of Supernatural Ministry. So I, I, that's how I connected with the ministry. Um, within the first week, I was hired on staff. And so I got to be a student and an employee. And uh, by the time school was done after two years, then I was a full-time employee. And uh, that's been about 16 years now since I connected wow. with Global. That's exciting. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes when we step into something and we're not fully aware of what we're getting into, we just we know that there's something that we're supposed to do. We know that the Lord is is really drawing us in or, or there's something that he's putting his finger on, but we're not really sure what it looks like. But we say yes anyway. I think that's where he can meet us uh, in incredible ways. And, you know, so similarly, I had no idea who Randy Clark was. And I went to the There's More conference and I think it was 2017 in the 2017 or 2018, uh, I know it was here twice. And the first one, uh, my wife said, you know, there's there's a guy that that's coming. He's got a very strong impartation prayer. I'm like, I don't even know what impartation is, but it sounds like I, it's something that I need to be a part of. And so I went to that service and, you know, he did his altar call as he always does. You know, if you're feeling heat, if you're feeling tingling, if you're feeling... Uh, you know, just a heaviness. If you're, if you have tears, if you, uh, you know, any of these things, I want you to come forward. Unless you're experiencing those things, don't come forward. But if you're experiencing those things, come forward. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing all those things. Had no concept of any of this stuff and went forward. And the power of God hit me so strong when I got to the front. And you know, Dina Van Hall was the Saturday night speaker. And you know, I, I had my eyes closed and my, my hands open. I was on my knees on the ground. I had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, I had a fear of, you know, falling out. So I just went ahead and hit my knees and, you know, ended up, uh, I think he laid hands on me and then uh, she touched my hand. When she touched my hand, you know, I opened my eyes and just like my body started shaking uncontrollably and it was like my body was on fire and electricity and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but if this is God, like, I just want more of you. And, uh, you know, so it it is really exciting. You know, it, it's hard to fake something that you don't know anything about. You know, so I had no concept. And, and I know that sometimes when you're talking to people, even people that love Jesus, when they go to a conference or an event and they see things that they've never experienced before, and if it's not happening to them, They've got a question, is this real or is this, you know, people just making this stuff up? And I, I'm telling you, I didn't know what to make up, uh, but I'm telling you, like, God t 
touched me powerfully, and it's happened multiple times since then. I'm typically at, you know, Randy Clark's events, and um, so it it is something that now there is this expectation when I'm around these hungry people that are going after Jesus, and I've had it happen outside of that too. I don't want to, you know, uh, just act like that's the only time that it can't happen. But uh, I just I think that. Uh, sometimes we've just got to get out of the way and say yes and not worry about what it looks like or um, just know that God is calling us into something and we just move forward and uh, then we get to see, you know, his glory. We get to see his heart. We get to see his face. And, you know, the gifts are byproducts of of all of those things, but uh, it is a lot of fun. So 16 years ago, you became a part of this team and now, you know, so Paraguay was your, your first trip, but now you've been all around the world with this team. Just share a little bit about, you know, what that has looked like and some of the things that you've seen, uh, because I know I've, I've seen small little tidbits. I can't even imagine what 16 years of this looks like, but share that with us. Yeah, it, it's been amazing. Um, I've had services sitting on the edge of my seat where you're just so excited, like, what is going to happen next, you know? And so I remember one of those services that for me was a highlight, just kind of some of the high watermarks. Um, I remember being in a, a service in Uberlândia, Brazil, and we had been there probably about six years in a row. And one, when you go back to places, not only, you know, is God doing things, but then you get to hear, you know, they didn't know that their migraines were healed, that they'd had daily migraines. And so you have people coming back telling you testimonies of, hey, I just want you to know God did this. And uh, but there was this one night that we had um, sometimes we'll set up a team that even before we have a service, because the services can be really long and people who have severe handicaps, severe sickness, a lot of times they can't sit through a full service. So we will sometimes set up pre-service prayer, uh, just bring our team an hour beforehand, and they'll, they'll pray for the blind, the deaf, the terminally ill, and really just expect God for miracles. And so we did that the one night, and then the service just became a time of testimonies of what God had done. And so there was one extraordinary testimony after another. And one of my favorite stories from that night was um, a young little girl. She's probably, I don't know, maybe four years old. And um, she had come to the pre-service prayer with braces on her legs. And uh, the team members had prayed for her, were able to take the braces off, and she was running around without the braces. So she went up to give her testimony. Her mother is sharing the testimony. And this little girl is so excited, running all over the stage, big stage. And, you know, you just feel the excitement, her joy, her mother's joy and gratitude. And as she was talking, it, it turned out that the testimony was so much bigger because she was talking about how um, four or five, however old the, the girl was, about that amount of time before she had been hit, I think, by a motorcycle. Some vehicle had hit her. She was in a coma. And um, I don't I think she was brain dead. I don't. Mm. I'm not certain of that, for, but I know she was in a coma and she had taken a photograph to Randy Clark and wanted him to pray. And uh, he hates praying for photographs because when you're ministering and you have thousands of people in front of you, you know, you don't want to take time for somebody who's not even there. You want to pray for the people that are in the room. And uh, 
but he, you know, he thought it was easier just to pray for the photograph than to explain why he doesn't believe in it, why he doesn't really <laughs> like doing it. And uh, so just to honor her and, and save time, he prayed for the photograph. Well, when he did, her daughter ended up coming out of that a coma. And that was the the girl that was running on the stage. So, you know, here, something he didn't even like to do, praying for a photograph actually became one of the greatest miracles he ever saw. And it took that four or five years before he even knew the testimony of what God had done. And so I love the fact that we see so much happening, but there's even more happening than what we realize. That's so good. And and I, I think sometimes that, that God's trying to do something in our heart more than you know, even in that situation, um, you know, and I think about, you know, in Brazil, there was a man who, you know, the first night the team prayed for him and he got up and he, you know, took a few steps out of his wheelchair for the first time in 65 years. And then the next day, you know, he was next to me in worship and I just, I felt the need to, to just continue. His feet were, you know, turned in at 45 degree angles and, you know, I just I was praying that the Lord would make his feet straight and that he'd get up out of that wheelchair. And, you know, he just kept saying, I want to dance. I want to dance. And his wife was dancing with another member of the team. And and I don't like feet. And, you know, I'm praying for this man's feet. One's in a bandage, one's in a sock. And, you know, they didn't smell great. And, you know, but I just I honored what the Lord was prompting me to do. And that man got up out of that wheelchair and he danced in front of everybody, in front of the Lord, in front of everybody. And you know, and I just, I think about that, you know, if I would have just let my flesh, you know, deal with the fact that I don't like touching people's feet, like Jesus washed feet, you know, so I need to just completely uh, eliminate that. And, um, you know, but it is, it's so powerful when, okay, I don't really want to do that, but I'm going to do it because, you know, like I, I want to honor the Lord. And, and in this case, it was, all right, I just, I really want to uh, just, bless this woman and, and move on. Uh, but, you know, we never know what's on the other side of our yes. And, you know, with that, the, the gentleman you're talking about, I don't know if you know the rest of the story, if you'd heard it or not, but the reason that he and his wife were even in the church, because they didn't go to that church, but it was actually a member of the church just driving on the road, you know, on the way to church. And they saw um, this old man in a wheelchair and his wife pushing him. And they wow. pulled the car over and it almost that same thing. They allowed the Lord um, to use them to become the vessel that the Lord used. And they said, hey, we have a healing service at church. You know, let us take you. And they they threw the wheelchair in the, the trunk of the car and they took them to church. And so because of their faithfulness and their obedience, because of yours, you know, what God was able to do in his life. Wow. That I did not know that part. That is uh, amazing. The woman who actually brought him, I got to pray for her, didn't even know they were connected. I think later on that night uh, or the next, I can't remember, it all you know blurs together, as you know, um, but she had a powerful encounter with the Lord, uh, like started seeing like fire falling from heaven in a vision. And, uh, you know, so it, it is, man, we just, we never know the ripple effects that it will have not only in this life, but throughout eternity when, right. you know, we stop the car to help the person that, you know, we, we don't know what God's going to Hey, do you want to come to this service with me? And comes and gets to dance, you know, after not walking for 65 years. Yeah. That one, it, it blew my mind. And uh, and those are things that, that you guys see on a regular basis. Uh, so, like, how do you guard against... 
Uh, and it's, you know, we were talking earlier, like it's become normal, but, but how do you guard against like seeing incredible miracles like that on a regular basis and it not just becoming like, um, oh, well that happened again, you know, like, uh, where, where you just kind of dismiss it because you get so used to it. How do you protect that? Uh, well, I think one thing is it, it does happen sometimes. You know, you think it never will, but it, it does start to happen. Or maybe the extraordinary miracles you get excited about, but the the simple ones, the ones that are the migraines, um, which is not simple if you're the person suffering from, you know, they can be debilitating. And yet in our minds, you know, the, the knees and the, the stomach aches and things like that just become so commonplace Um that we forget to really have the awe of the Lord, that there is a creator who is magnificent. And so I think for myself, when I find myself um, not having the all, not giving thanks, then I come to a place of one repentance um, and two, just a dependence on the Lord to keep that, um, that place of really honoring the Lord and the awe of God and, uh, and I know something Bill Johnson will often say, and it's very true, is, you know, there's enough times when I'm praying and I don't see it happen so that I know what I'm capable of. And then when it does happen, um, the, the incredible gratitude to actually see, um, to see God work and then to be, be able to partner with him, to actually be in the room when these things are happening. And, uh, I, I don't know if that will ever grow old. I hope it never does. Um, but it, it just, every time, it's just like encountering Jesus again, a fresh, you know, just that fresh manna every day. Like we come to the word and it's fresh and there's times it can grow stale. And so we have to come back to him and say, Lord, you know, bring it to life for me again. And I think it's the same in life. Sometimes we get tired or just, you know, the cares of the world. But in those times, it's always coming back to the Lord and, and uh, focusing on Him. Stay tuned. We'll have more Living Life on Purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors. Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with our free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for, and I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to Living Life on Purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. You just mentioned Bill Johnson, and I know that he and Dr. Clark are close. I've read a handful of the books that they've you know, co-authored together and um, I don't know if you got to see the service that he did on Sunday, you know, after losing his wife, uh, you know, incredible, you know, healing anointing, um, you know, contending uh, along with tens of thousands of people around the world. And, and his wife passes away from cancer after being healed once already. And, um, you know, he, he, it was one of the most powerful words that I've ever heard, you know, to, to have a pastor who's just experienced grave loss three, four days before. And, you know, and he, he got up there and he continued to talk about the goodness of God. He continued to, you know, just, you know, remind us, he's like, you know, there are things that I don't understand, but 
you know, he doesn't work for me. I work for him. Like he owes me nothing, but I owe him everything. And, you know, so um, I do think that it's when the things don't work out that we're praying for, we're believing for. It's always awesome when we see the incredible miracle. But, you know, sometimes like I was praying for healing from afar and, um, you know, and I was definitely, you know, heartbroken when I I woke up and, and I saw that she had passed. But uh, I think that it is also the great reminder that that there's an amazing God and we're not him. And, you know, so I, I do think that that's he's got a great way of humbling us over and over and over again. Uh, so that's always good. You know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, when you're contending for something and your your faith is really high and, you know, you, you don't see the miracle or the breakthrough that, that you're looking for. How do you how do you handle that? I, I think, it, you know, Bill is such a great example of it that we just come back to there. Um, we come back to the character and nature of God and it's not dependent. My relationship with him is not dependent on whether I see um, the miracle that I want to see or I get the answer to the prayer the way I want. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding God hostage. I have a, a relationship with him that is beyond the current circumstance. And so I often will will share a message on like, how do we overcome? Uh, you know, we're called to be overcomers. Jesus has already overcome, but then we live life and it doesn't always measure up to our theology. And, but the theology is still true. We can't change our theology because of our circumstances. And it really comes down to knowing him and believing in him. And when uh, Jesus was surrounded by the crowds and they wanted to make him king, and uh, he he talked to them about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And people didn't understand. You know, none of us would understand if some <laughs> someone we're listening to is talking about cannibalism. We'd be like, what in the world? <laughs> and so people started to desert him. And he turned to his disciples and he said, are you also going to leave? And I think that's what happens in those moments when we don't understand. We've been praying for something. We know he's able to, to do it. We know he's loving. And so we're thinking, well, then why didn't you heal? Why don't you, why don't you give me the job I want? Why don't you give me the spouse I want? Whatever it is we're praying for. And uh, I always say, you know, our, our answer has to be the answer that Peter gave to him, which is where else are we going to go? You're the one that has the words of eternal life. You know, there is no other way. There's no other truth. The life is in Jesus. And even when we don't understand, we have to trust and and he said, you know, we know and we believe. And so that's where it comes down to. We have to know who our God is. We have to have that intimate walk with him. And then we have to just believe that um, the Lord's looking for people who who have faith, that believe he exists and believe that he's good. And he rewards those who who seek him. And uh, that's where we stand. And And part of it, too, is I think as Christians, we're praying for healing. We're praying for breakthrough. Um, and then death comes. And, and we forget sometimes when we're contending for the healing, we're contending for heaven on earth now, that there is a not yet portion. There's more to be received. Mm -hmm. We have this amazing God and he's um, inaugurated the kingdom, the kingdom's at hand. And yet there's so much more to come. And for all eternity, like for Christians, the death of sting has been taken away and we have an eternal hope and we can't we can't miss that aspect of it just because we're pressing in to see more of the kingdom now. 
uh, we press in for now, but we hold on to the hope that we have serve a good God for all eternity. Yeah, that's a good word. So I want to go back to something that you said early on that the, you know, hearing the voice of God is something that you grew up just, it, you had an understanding. Like you, it was normal. It was something that, you know, you've always known that God was speaking and you um, follow his voice. So, from that standpoint, that's not the way that, unfortunately, most, even Christians, are brought up. They, they don't have that concept that, that God is constantly speaking and we've got to still ourselves to hear his soft voice. Um, you know, why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, there's a, a lot of uh, cessationism and, and things of that nature in the United States, especially, um, but... Why do you think it's so hard for people to grasp that the creator of everything wants to communicate with his children? Well, I think when you haven't experienced it, it's outside of your your understanding. And when you have been taught against it or, you know, whether you've been taught it ha- that God doesn't speak today or it just never comes up, it's not even it's not even a part of the conversation. And so I, I was blessed to be raised in a home where I have a long history, like you go back generation after generation and there's Christians in my family. And um, so it really is something, an inheritance that I've received. And I I recognize and recognized even as a kid before I knew the scriptures um, that to whom much is given, much is required. And so there's not a pride or arrogance in, you know, if we have something with the Lord that others may not have, um, we just recognize you know, God, you've given me, like you've been always a part of my life. Now, what do I do with this treasure and how do I steward it? Well, um, I think for a lot of people, the big thing is either they've been told God doesn't speak or they've just been raised in a scientific mindset coming out of the enlightenment, the 1700s, where they started developing scientific methods, which I agree with. Um, what I don't agree with is when they begin to say, well, you know, they, they made miracles such a small um, part, like to measure a miracle, basically it has to be uh, a trustworthy eyewitness. And if a person claims that a miracle happens, then they're not a trustworthy eyewitness. Hmm. So they've made it kind of this circular reasoning that there is no such thing as, as miracles. And so we live, especially in the West, um, I, I know it is spreading throughout the world, but there's a, a thinking that anything of the miraculous, anything of the supernatural um, is not real. It's not trustworthy. And so I think having grown up with that kind of thinking, with that kind of mindset, a lot of people don't know how to press in for something more. But it is something once you've tasted it, once you know it's a reality and it's available, then all of the other thinking not just goes away, but all of a sudden it, it loses its foundation. You know, you start taking away the firm foundation like, oh, well, then what else am I believing that's not really true? And I know, you know, Randy will talk about that when he was young and um, was in a car accident and almost died and the Lord healed him. And then he went to seminary and they were teaching that healings doesn't happen today. God doesn't do this. Right, and he, right. and he, they're so, you know, you have a strong line upon line teaching. Uh, it all makes sense. And yet his experience said, well, this can't be true because God did it in my life. And because he had an experience, he had to press in. Um, beyond just what the teaching was. 
Yes, and that's a powerful testimony. Um, yeah, clearly the doctors didn't have answers and he just got up and started walking around. They're like, why are you walking around? He's like, because I'm healed. Uh, you know, pretty good reason. Uh, so as we're wrapping up here, what would your advice be to maybe somebody who hasn't heard the voice of God or, or doesn't believe they can hear the voice of God? Uh, because we've got listeners, you know, all over the place and, and not everybody is is where we're at uh, from the standpoint, not that either one of us have arrived, but, you know, it's not necessarily uh, something that they have experienced. So how would you encourage somebody that, that they could uh, experience similar things? Well, I think first off, um, if they don't know the Lord, I think that's the first thing, just having a relationship with Jesus, inviting him into their lives. Uh, for anyone who does have that relationship, but maybe they're familiar with the word, well, that's one of the ways you hear his voice. And so a lot of times people are hearing his voice. It just sounds mystical, especially with someone, you know, maybe the way I'll talk about it or the way someone else talks about it. And so, uh, you know, so there's resources that can really help people. I know um, Henry Blackaby experiencing God was one for me that where I really began to see how God speaks through the scriptures. And uh, another resource is Mark Verkler, and he helps people who, you know, some people are kind of more creative minded and more, um, just in tune with emotions and and thought, and uh, they can hear God speak no problem. Other people, a lot of times, you know, they're they're that left brain line by line, and uh, it, it's just they're like, what are you talking about? I don't have an understanding of it, so I, if I don't understand it, it doesn't happen. And so his teaching is great for those kinds of people to just kind of break it down. But I think the biggest encouragement I would give people is the scripture I started with from from John, that my sheep know my voice. And so it is available to everyone. He is speaking. He wants to have that relationship where you hear him, where you know him, where he's the one leading you and guiding you um, by his spirit. And if you don't feel like that is a, a part of your life, then just begin to pray and ask. I think a lot of the gifts that I move in, it's because I saw someone else who moved in it and I started asking the Lord for it. So whether it was dreams or just the ability to know when he's speaking, when he's leading. Um, and then when you hear him, when you think you hear him, I think a, a big part of growing in that is then stepping out. Because when we hear him speak, then we're responsible for what he said. And uh, lining it up with scripture, of course, that he's not going to speak something now that contradicts what he's already said. So I think those are just a few things. Yeah, very good advice. And um, I can't remember if it was my pastor or it was an encounter conference that we had a couple months ago. But the pastor said that the clearer the recognition that, that God spoke something to us, the greater responsibility we have to do something with that. And I was right. like, wow, that's that's a good word. Uh, you know, very convicting, but uh, a good word nonetheless. So um, how can people learn more about you or, you know, gain more information on Global Awakening or both? Yeah, uh, our website is globalawakening.com. So I have a speaker page there. Of course, you know, we're on, we have a channel on YouTube, Global Awakening uh, YouTube channel. I have an interview show called Loving Jesus and uh, having just conversations with people who love the Lord and what that looks like in their lives. Um, and uh, so they can look me up on social media, all those ways. And uh, I do encourage them to, to check out Global Awakening, especially if they want to grow in things like hearing the voice of God and 
experience some of the miracles that we're talking about, we have a lot of opportunities to be equipped um, and then also to start moving in those things, opportunities to go on trips and start praying for the sick and seeing miracles. Yes, I would highly recommend you go and gather more information, uh, not just about charity, but also about Global Awakening and attend a conference, attend their school, attend their trips, whatever you can do to, if you want to grow, if you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord, if you want to see God move in power, I would highly encourage you to just learn more and, and attend something that they're hosting and you will not be disappointed. It, it has radically changed my life. And so I would definitely recommend that. So uh, we hope that you've been encouraged listening to this episode. You can always uh, like us, follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then also on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. We appreciate you listening, and we will catch you again in two weeks.